Hi there, this is Pastor Ronnie Allen here at Omega Church. I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want to say thank you for joining us. We hope this message equips you to follow God's voice. We believe that if you're searching, today your search is over. Thanks for being with us and enjoy. We worship you. We thank you. We worship you. We thank you, Lord. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Your power. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Heaven is not affected by an inflated dollar. Glory to God. He said that what we'd, he'd lay up treasure in heaven where no moth can come in there and corrupt it, no thief can break in and steal it. Glory to God. Your wealth is on the inside of you. It's not at your bank. I'm going to say that one more time because I don't think you've you've let it sunk in yet. Turn your neighbor and say, do I need to hit you upside the head? Okay. Your wealth is on the inside of you. It's not at the bank. Well, a, a little of, few of you woke up. Maybe we're waiting on everybody through live stream. Okay, all right. I want to say it one more time. Don't get struck out here. Okay, glory to God. You foul balled the second one. All right. Your wealth is in you. It's not at the bank. Glory to God. Live stream, don't be exclude. Don't exclude yourself. Glory to God. You need to get excited about that because it's on the inside of you. You can fill up your banking account. Are you, are, are you listening? Yes. Glory to God. Father, we worship you and we praise you right now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated, and while you're being seated, we're going to dismiss our 180. Our 180 is our youth ministry, and they break off and they go into uh, small groups. And uh, we are grateful for what God is doing. And he is doing something with teenagers and young people. Amen. Uh, Pastor Zona got baptized in the Holy Spirit at a youth camp. Glory to God. And I mean, her and Zeta both got baptized baptized. I mean, baptized. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit just came on them, and it's going to, it's breaking out. Get ready for it. It's breaking out. Glory to God. He said he'd pour out of his spirit upon all flesh in the last days. I want to bring this up, and uh, man, ladies of grace, that's what I'm going to call you. (laughs) Ladies of grace had a great time yesterday. And those that were not here, we just want to make you jealous. <laughs> it was probably the, the I mean, it was, uh, I think Nita put on uh, uh, our communication to our helpers or our teammates, I sh- should say it that way, that this is one for the books. And uh, you all had a great time. It was great to hear you have fun, yet at the same time, you're fellowshipping around something worthwhile. 
the Word of God. So I just want to bring that to your attention. If you missed it, well, guess what? We'll give you another chance at a later date. We just want to make you jealous right now. <laughs> oh, you got one announcement that I do need to make, and we're going to get in right today. We're going to take a little bit different direction. It's, it ties into everything that we've been talking about for the last couple of years. However, we'll get into it in just a moment. Tonight, or this evening, between 4 and 6, we have an opportunity. Uh, we, God had uh, given me a plan, and uh, we started what is referred to as Omega Institute of Learning. And if there's anything that our generation needs right now, biblical learning. And uh, we called them oil classes, Omega Institute of Learning, you know, with oil. All got that? Okay, I just want to make sure, oil classes. And <clears throat> the first set of classes is, has to do with fundamentals. Paul said that we should leave the first principles of Christ and go on to perfection if, if God would permit. Well, he's not permitting people to go on to another level until they complete the level that they're on. How can you leave something where you've never been? You follow? So what we're encouraging you to do, if you haven't had the fundamentals, we're going to take eight weeks of uh, these fundamental classes to uh, go over with you, you're going to be, t there's actually 16, 16 of them, but we're going to cut it short. We're going to cram it in you. Yeah. Already got it. It's about time you be full of something besides other stuff. <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're going to cram it in you. We're going to go from four to six on Sunday evenings for eight weeks, except next Sunday. We're skipping Mother's Day and Father's Day because we know that you need to honor your parents and spend some time with them. We get that. So we're going to have eight weeks of teaching and we're going to get these in you. And the reason why, we're, and just because you go through this doesn't mean you know everything. What that means is you're inter, being introduced to it. And we want to encourage you to do so. Uh, you can Go to the lobby and sign up there. Those that are viewing by live stream, you can still make it by 4 o'clock this afternoon and uh, be involved in this. And uh, we're going to give you material that you're going to take home and you're going to keep and refer to. It, you go back over it. We have invested. There's one thing that I have found out. Zona and I have invested in books and teachings. I guarantee you we could almost pay off our house with that kind of investment and it was worth it now i realize and when we were talking about this how i was going to bring it back i realize by the way there will be no live stream to these classes right now okay that may expand later i know what it's like zona and i knows what it's like to invest and if you take seriously the call of God on your life, you got to invest in it. I remember Zona and I, we used, I used to work for her father who had a roofing and sheet metal company. We lived way south of town. 
1604 South. Okay? And two days a week, on a Tuesday and on a Thursday, we still were here on Wednesday night. We were still here on Sunday morning and Sunday night. Okay? She had a job and I had a job. Time we would get home, about 4.30, we quickly changed clothes, got our kids ready after school, got them ready and took them to the babysitter off of Hebner Road and IH-10. Spent three hours there for three classes on a Tuesday night and three classes on a Thursday night with homework, by the way. And we would come home after picking up the kids and go home, get home. You can imagine, it's 10, 10.30. And guess what? They made us pay for every one of those. Every single class. I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken, I believe it was around $40 per class per person. Now, this was back in the 70s. Y'all remember this? Anybody here remember the 70s? It's kind of similar to today. Inflation was high. Now, some of you are getting nervous. No, it was an investment. We did that for a whole year. In fact, we went to Pastor Odell's church and, and, and did these classes. And we did it for a year. And it was worth the investment. That went really big. Well, here's a mistake that we're making. Listen very carefully. We want our kids to have a good education. And we want to know why when they get out of high school, we send them off to college to be indoctrinated by a bunch of left-wing knotheads that have no regard for God, that are anti-God, and then we want to know why they don't come back and be a part of the church and we lose a generation. It's not until they got nearly one foot in the grave and another on a banana peel that they finally wake up and say, hey, this ain't working. Why is that? Because we haven't invested. I am, I'm here to give you knowledge and understanding about the Word of God. But you're supposed to take it and invest it into your personal life because you're to teach this to your children and your children's children. That really went big. The problem is, the reason why we've got a problem in education is because we as parents have been lazy on a God-given responsibility. You are their number one teacher. Now, I'll take up an offering on that one. <laughs> okay? And the reason why is because we haven't understood that when we got out of the fundamentals of learning, we thought we knew. I did. I thought I, when I, I was ready to graduate from high school, I can't hardly wait to get out of high school because I'm going to conquer the world. I found out that I didn't know nothing for those 12 years except learning how to learn. I've learned more since I've been out of school than when I was in school. All I did for those 12 years is learn how to learn. I'm really, really good. 
I'm encouraging you to do so. Okay? Take advantage of it. And I know it's an effort. I know it's an effort. But anything worth anything is going to take and cost you something. What you esteem too lightly, you lose. What you respect, you attract. Are you listening? Okay. All right. That brings us up to the subject matter for this month. It's not a complete because we don't have time to complete it all because each month we're going to set some time on what God wants us to emphasize. But this month, it's honor. It's a lost, I, I shouldn't say it's a lost virtue, a lost art, if you would, a lost law that many of us don't seem to understand. There's very little honor left in our world, in our society. It's because we've not been taught. The only thing that what we called the great generation had going for it, it was taught the principle of honor. The great generation of those that went and endured and won World War II. That generation understood honor. Since then, we've lost that. And you're not hearing about it in our society because everything is in this state of dishonor, disrespect. We don't respect and honor God. Therefore, we dishonor our, ourselves and others. I am going to be saying some things today probably throughout the whole month, that could be, if you have a chip on your shoulder, could be offensive. But I'm not trying to offend you. What I want you to receive is the truth. And I would be derelict in my responsibility and my calling, and I would not love you if I don't give you truth. The fact remains that there are churches and pastors that would rather sell out to secure their own personal gain than to give their congregations the truth. I do not respect money above God. Okay. All right, that's as far as I need to go right there. I want you to listen to this, and they do not have this, so you'll want to write it down. In John's gospel, Jesus is doing the speaking in John chapter 12, verse 26. I'll be reading out of the King James, I believe it is. I'm just going to read it to you. So you can just write it down, look it up yourself. Jesus said, if any man serves me, let him follow me. Another translation says, any man that serves me must follow me. And where I am, there also uh, shall also my servant be. 
Okay, now when he talks about serving here, he's talking about like a waiter waits or like a deacon deeks. <laughs> the word deacon in the New Testament, we don't use that word so much, but that word deacon really just means being a servant. That's what it means. Serving tables, waiting tables like Stephen and Philip did in the book of Acts. So Jesus said, if you're, if you're going to serve in the least capacity, he said, whatever you do in the least in my kingdom, you're doing it unto me. And he says, any servant, anybody that's going to serve, and that's what we're looking for, listen carefully, I am not looking for the crowds right now. I'm looking for those that will honor God. Because when the crowds come, they're coming with their baggage. You follow? And we, need to, we, we must have team members that will unite, number one, with the anointing of God, and number two, with the vision that God has for this place. Amen. What would you do? Now, stay with me. What would you do if someone come in off the streets that wasn't to your standard? Hallelujah. Well, now, now, Pastor Ronnie, now, now, now. Well, when you, when you came in here, you were off the street. Okay? God's going to fill up his church. And he says, I'm going to send out an invitation to my friends, but if they don't show up, just go out in the highways and hedges and the byways and just go out and do the street level and just bring anybody in and stick them in that seat. Woo! Man, hallelujah. This is what he said. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. Watch this. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now this word honor, and I'm going to read another verse to you in a minute out of John. This word honor is a Greek word that is spelt T-I-M-A-O, and it refers to time. In other words, placing value on something with time. Your greatest, listen carefully, your greatest commodity is time, not money. How you invest your time will be reflected in eternity. It has to do with value or to prize something. Value or prize something. Honor has to do with value 
and putting a price or a uh, prize on something. Okay? Now, <clears throat> John chapter 5, and I do want to turn there. I'm going to read this one, John chapter 5, because I don't have it written down. I was trying to bypass this and hurry up and get there, but I, I think it's better that I settle or set a foundation. John chapter 5, and they don't have it up there, so you have to do it the old-fashioned way. Okay, John chapter 5, verse 23. That all men, that all men, Jesus speaking, should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now, stay with this just a moment. Jesus came to honor the Father. Can you agree with that? In other words, he came to put prize or value on honoring or the Father's attention, okay? And everything he did, can you agree with that? Now, at the same time that he was doing so, he was going to pay the price whereby we could have access to the Father. Now, I want you to remember something. There is a chain of command here or a protocol if you would that must be looked at because if you don't look at this protocol then what's going to happen is you're going to do things your way and then want God to honor your praying are you following that most of our prayer life has consisted upon what we need or what we want. Okay? In fact, in generations gone by, I can probably say this. Most people thought the church was all about, is about what honoring what the Father wants through following the Son. Jesus didn't come to please himself. He came to please the Father. It is possible, now listen very carefully, it is possible for you to believe in Jesus but not honor him. And there's where the church has let this generation down. Are you grabbing that? In fact, I'm just going to go ahead and be blunt and say it. Every single one of you that believe on the Lord Jesus have been called in to be a member of the body of Christ. 
not a dysfunctional member. You know what a dysfunctional member is, don't you? One who does not function the way they were created to. How can we, how can we say to the potter as the clay, I ain't going to do this. Hello? How could we say to the potter, I ain't going to be this? Hello? Wow, glory to God. You ought to be shouting, taking notes to show it up there in front of the camera so all those that are viewing by live stream. <laughs> you see, this is a serious moment for the body of Christ. We're running out of time to get our heads screwed on straight. And this is not the time for the church to try to go back to business as usual because the business as usual is what got us where we're at. A lot of times we say we believe God when in reality we don't. You can't say you believe God if you don't honor him. You have to honor him. Okay. Listen to this. The son honors the father. Everything we do must honor the Son who honors the Father. Listen carefully to this statement, and then we're going to go to a place. When we dishonor God's Word, when it tells us right there what, what to do, when we dishonor God's Word, we disgrace ourselves. Do you know what disgrace is? It, mean, it means that we absolutely take the favor of God and throw it away like we do a paper plate when we got through eating. The problem is we have a generation in, our, in the church that uses the church like plastic cups. Wow. I know I'm being serious with you, but I want, to sober, I want to sober you up right now because there should be honor. The Bible talks about there are honorable vessels and there are dishonorable vessels. And here's the, here's the catcher to that. You get to decide which one you're going to be. I can't decide that for you. And as a pastor, I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen people by the hundreds that have dishonored this ministry. Totally dishonored it. Used it and then threw it away. 
And you know what their life is like now? Half of them are dead, and the other half have no sense at all. They're babbling idiots. Now, let me give you a verse here just to let you know that I am not speaking crazily. This is one of the greatest verse right here. Psalms 49, 20, out of the message, I mean the modern English version, just to get to the point. A man in honor, in other words, a man that's in a position of honor and yet without understanding is like the animals that perish. We have been trained and taught in our educational system for decades that you and I are no different than animals. We have more respect for the whales than you have a little baby. And because of that, we look at babies as throwaways, but we've got to do everything we can to save the whales. It's reflected in our society because the church has been mute on the subject matter. We'll go over here and say, God, we want you, we want you on Sunday morning, and then we'll go to the voting booth on Tuesday morning and vote for someone that disregards babies. Do you know there are two states right now that have passed laws that the baby can be born, and then they ask the mother, Do you want to keep the baby? Because if you don't, we'll just kill it. Two states have passed laws like that. They're squarely states. One's on the east coast and one's on the west coast. I just won't say any more. Do you know how those people got an office that can screw up our society like that? Because there is no honor in the body of Christ. We honor God on Sunday morning in our pretense, but on Tuesday morning when we go to the voting booth, we side in with the people because grandma and grandpa's voted this way and we don't consult God and then we want to know why our prayers don't work. Listen, I had relatives that already told me they'd vote for Democrat just kind of helping you in case you can't get the hint. <laughs> Said, I wouldn't care. If it was a dog, I'd vote Democrat. Because they were convinced by a lie that a Democrat was for the working man. Now, don't think I'm a Republican. I am a Christian. Because there's some Republicans that quit, need to quit lying. You follow what I'm saying to you? We've got to study this thing out and take what we're hearing from the Word of God on Sunday and apply it every day of the week. And I know many of you probably, there's probably somebody viewing by live stream 
There's been people make some statements, but I'm to the point that I don't care anymore. Well, you're just a white man. And they assume that I've gotten where I've gotten because I'm born white. Are you kidding me? I'm a redneck. You know what a redneck gets? Sunburned. Okay? Here's the point. It's not about the color of skin as long as the devil can keep you abstracted to that, or, you know, believing that lie, then guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to keep racism going. You're aiding and abetting it. It's not about the color of the skin. It's about the content of the character. It's about the values that are inside of a person's heart. I don't care what color you are if you are, if you're following the Bible. I am concerned if we are focusing on pretense, though. And I have to tell you the truth. You notice I'm not preaching. I'm trying to be grandpa with you. Okay? Let me give you a place that I want you to go to give you a clearer understanding. Good thing I don't have my glasses on. I can't see that clock. <laughs> First Samuel. This is all an introduction. Chapter 2. I want you to go there. We're going to talk for just a little bit so you'll understand about people that don't honor God. He's specifically going to talk about Eli, the high priest, and his two sons. This is where a young man named Samuel comes in on the scene. Eli was a descendant of Aaron, and he was anointed by God. And God told Aaron when he anointed him, wait, his great-great-great-grandpa, Eli's grandpa, that he was to be high priest out of that lineage, and it was going to be for an ev forever, okay? After the covenant that he had made. Eli is now the descendant, and Eli has two sons. I don't know, I can't pronounce their names, so I'm not going to try to when we get to them, so if I skip over them, you'll understand why, all right? So, Samuel, first Samuel chapter 1 through part of chapter 2, starts talking about Hannah, who was asking God for a son. She, she said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you for your service. So God gives her a son. His name is Samuel. After he gets up to the weaning age, he takes Samuel to Eli to serve Eli, the high priest. Okay? So he's now dedicated to God. I'm... I'm, I'm giving you the framework by which this is written. All right, verse 12. 
Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. What were, they were priests under the high priest Eli. And they did not know the Lord. Here is a problem. Here is a big problem. We've got someone or two someones here in positions of influence that not only influenced the church but was to influence a nation that were corrupt and did not know God. Did you hear that? Israel despised these two. The nation despised them because they were corrupt. Jump over here to verse number 22 of uh, chapter 2. Where are we at here? Okay. And a man of God came to Eli. Uh, uh, that was 27. 22. Now, Eli was very old. And he'd heard all that his sons were doing to Israel. Even that they lay with women who served at the doorway of the tent meeting. Wow. I want to tell you right now, that is going on in the church. As a whole. Not here. I want to make sure that's clear. <laughs> but it's going on in churches. And been going on for a long time. Okay? And God has said, enough is enough. And he's not going to tolerate it. And he said to them, this man said to Eli and his sons, why are you doing these things? For I am... For I am, uh, Eli saying this to his sons, for I am hearing of evil do dealings from all these people. No, my sons, truly it is not a good report that I hear from the people of the Lord sp uh, uh, spreading. If a man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the, sins against the Lord, who can intercede for him? He's trying to emphasize this to them. But they did not listen to the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. Whoa. God would not let them repent. It's been going on for a long time. I'm going to tell you right now, there are times, there are places right now and people right now, God's not going to let some people repent. Now, I know a lot of people get, get, going to get upset. Well, no, 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 God, he's merciful, he's merciful. No, because they have sold out and now they have given themselves over to a reprobate mind, void of judgment. They can't see what's God and what's not God. If Jesus was to stand right straight in front of them, they wouldn't be able to discern it was Jesus. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying now? They dishonored God. And it had been going on for a long time. They didn't know God. Let's read a little bit further. 
Say, Pastor Ronnie, you get, this is getting tough. Now the boy Samuel was going in both stature and favor with the Lord and also with men. And a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Did I not plainly reveal myself to you, uh, to the house of your father, when you were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house, and chosen him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? Talk about Aaron, his great-grandfather. My priest to offer upon my altar to burn incense and to wear an ephod before me. And I gave to the house of your father all the offering made by fire by the children of Israel. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in my dwelling, and honor your sons above me? Now, I want you to get that. If you have a Bible, you better underline that right there. There could come a time in your life that you're going to have to make a decision between God and your relatives. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that's a pleasant place to be in. I've been there. But I am telling you, we're living in times where God is demanding maturity. This is not child's play. Wow. You honor your sons above me to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my, my people. You know what the children, you know what they were doing? The priests were supposed to get a portion of the burnt offering. But what they were doing is they were demanding before it's cooked, you're going to give me my portion and it'll be the portion I choose and if you don't do it, we'll come take it by force. And the children of Israel despised Eli's sons because they were taking the best portion of the sacrifice instead of letting it go to God guess what they were doing they were taking it to themselves first and they'd been doing it for a long time God says I, 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 you've, you've kicked against it verse number what next part 30, thank you. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I will sure, I surely say that your house and the house of your father shall, uh, should walk before me. That's what I said. I said that to Aaron way back then. But now the Lord says, far be it from me to do so. For those that, uh, who honor me, I will honor and those that despise me will be humbled. I think it's the King James says, those that despise me I will lightly esteem. That means you, I don't pay attention to you. Okay? The days are coming when I will cut off your authority, I'm going to say in other words, influence, 
and the strength of your father's house, so that there shall not be an old man in your house. You shall see the distress of my dwelling, despite all the good which will be done for Israel. And there shall not be an elderly man in your house perpetually. Yet the one I do not, uh, the, yet the one I do not cut off from my altar will be spared, so your eyes will not stop weeping or your soul grieving. All the increase of your house will die in their prime. Man, that's a heavy deal, isn't it? All because you have two knotheads that won't honor God. In a position, in a place of leadership that won't lead the people in what's right. Why wouldn't they? Because they don't, they don't know God and they won't honor God. Okay? Now think about this. He's saying, ain't nobody in your, ain't going to be no males going to live to be a prime old man. They're all going to die in their youth. Now listen very carefully. We've heard a lot of things about, uh, how would I say, uh, the sins of the fathers being visited upon the children and the children's and the children's. And God says, now I'm changing it and says, now every man's going to be accountable for his own self. Do you know what this, these verses say? These verses are telling us if we don't honor God, we can cut our life short. It wasn't God that did it. It was our dishonor to him. When I dishonor God, I disgrace myself. Are you listening? You that are viewing by live stream, don't you think, man, I'm glad I'm not there. This will be the sign to you which shall come upon your two sons. In one day they will both die. And I will raise up myself a faithful priest, which is mine in my heart. And another place it puts it like this. I'm going to raise up my priest. In other words, I'm going to raise up myself to be the priest. He's talking about Jesus. Okay. And in my soul, he will, and in my soul will he do it. And I will build him a sure house, and he will walk before my anointed forever. But it will be that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, Please attach me to one of your priestly office that I may have may eat a piece of bread. Now the boy, talking about Samuel, you're shifting gears, was ministering to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. I wonder why it was rare. Do you know God says, I'm sending a famine in the land during these time periods? And he says, it's not a famine. Listen carefully. He said it's not a famine of the speaking of the word. It's a famine of hearing it. Okay? It's a famine. Okay? And he said there was no vision coming forth. There was no insight. There was no understanding. 
And at that time, Eli was lying down in his place. Now his eyes had begun to grow weak that he could not see. I wonder why. Because the lamp of God had not yet gone out. It was growing dim. Now, if you remember, take this study and apply it over here. You go to the book of Revelation. There are seven churches that God deals with. And God told those seven churches, if you don't repent, if you don't repent, I'm going to turn and put your candle out. You'll no longer have light. Do you know there's, there are some churches that have a form of godliness? They're coming through the form, but they have no understanding. They have no light. You follow? You understand what I'm saying? They have no light. They have no understanding. And they follow the devil hook, line, and sinker. They have unholy alliances, and they've got people that are unreasonable men and women that are leading them. And if a blind follows the blind, Jesus says they fall into the ditch. I know that this does not sound like a, one of those sermons I want to jump up and preach and jump up down and stand on the back of the, the chair there and say, glory to God, I've been to church. But what you're hearing today is probably one of the most important in this generation. Honor God in everything. If somebody around you that's close to you that you have an alliance with, relative or, or, or a business dealings with that, don't, that mock you and don't go along with you and rebel against you, get out of that alliance. You don't want someone to intervene or manipulate you to dishonor God. If it means not going to Disney, well, you say, well, Pastor Ronnie, man, you're getting kind of hard. Wake up. They're killing our kids. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was, and that represented the presence of God. Okay? Then the Lord called unto Samuel, and he answered. Now, you have to remember, he's a little kid. He said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and says, here I am, for you called to me. And he said, no, I, I didn't call you. Return and lie down again. And he went and lied down again, and the Lord called unto Samuel again. So Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he answers, No, no, I didn't call you. Return and lie down again. Now Samuel did, uh, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him. He's just a little kid. He's learning how. And the Lord called again in Samuel, uh, Samuel a third time. So he rose and went to Eli, Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And then Eli took him three times. Then Eli understood, for the Lord was calling to the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it will be if he calls you that you will say, Speak, Lord, for your servant listens. Give us the ears of a child. So Samuel went and lied down in his place. 
Then came, uh, then the, the Lord came and stood and he called as in other times. And Samuel said, speak for your servant listens. The Lord said unto Samuel, see, I am doing something in Israel which will make both ears ring of everyone who hears it. In that day, I will bring about, uh, bring against Eli everything that I have spoken with regard to his house from beginning to end. For I told him that I will judge his house forever for the guilt which he knew because his sons were, are cursed. And he did not, and he did not rebuke them. Now, I want to stop right here. Samuel, I mean, Eli could have rebuked his sons and he didn't do it. Now, I want you to get this right here, right now. He could have prevented his sons from dishonoring God, but he did not do it. How many times in churches all across this land for decades there has been all kinds of immorality on the platform, much less everywhere else in the church, and it was not addressed, and God says, I want you to do something about it, and we had gutless leaders that wouldn't stand up and do what was right. God says, I've had enough of that. And it came to a point where God says, I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. You're at that point. We're at that point in our generation right now. We've got some in our leadership in churches all across this land that are more interested in a political leader that knows how to be polite but is a backstabbing crook versus someone that is in the business world that can talk to you straight and, and speak with you with honor and love you enough to tell you the truth of what's been going on for generations. No, we got church leaders that won't. They, they would rather embrace the farmer instead of the latter. You say, Pastor Ronnie, why are you talking about this again? And we got it all straightened out. Are you kidding me? Do you know what God says about this? You dishonored me. So I'm going to dishonor your highest office. Now we have somebody in office that is a babbling idiot. Speaking to people in public, trying to shake people's hands that aren't even there. What a disgrace to our nation. And you know what? Some Christians voted for it. Then we want to go to church and we want God to honor our prayers. And he said, you dishonored me in the voting booth. Why should I honor you here on Sunday morning? We're over here wanting the Holy Ghost to be poured out. And God says, why won't you ask me to pour out the Holy Ghost in that voting booth? You don't think it matters. I told you that I could be offensive today. 
I've had people leave the church because uh, you're, you're just too political, Pastor Ronnie. You're just too political. Really? Really? When these same people we keep electing in office want to kill your infants and sacrifice them to the God of Baal. It's not how many shouts, it's how much you're going to obey God in your everyday life. Amen. Say, Pastor Ronnie, I wish you would get off this subject. No, we got to get to the bottom before we can rise to the top. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, repentance is my friend. All right, let me read here. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am doing something in Israel that will make both ears ring of everyone that hears it. And that day I will bring against Eli everything that I have spoken with regard to his house. From beginning to end, for I told him that I will judge his house forever for the guilt which he knew, he knew it. Because his sons are cursed, and he did not rebuke them. Therefore, have I sworn to, to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for with sacrifice nor offering forever. See, there are some, God only lets it go so far, and he says, there's no turning back now. He said, well, Pastor Ronnie, that's just in the Old Testament. You blaspheme the Holy Ghost, Jesus says there is no repentance from it. That's in the New Testament. And Samuel laid there until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and now Samuel feared to tell the report to the uh, report the vision to Eli. Then Eli, Eli called Samuel and said, "Samuel, my son." And he answered, "Here I am." And he said, "What is this thing that the Lord has spoken to you? And do not hide it from me. Thus may God do do so to you, and more also if you hide from me a word out of the things that He spoke to you." And Samuel told him everything. And did not hide from him a thing. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. Now, I want to stop here just a minute. I want you to get this picture. God couldn't find anybody in the priesthood that would confront Eli. And so God has to raise up a young lad He's probably shaking in his boots to tell him what God was saying. Woo, man. You talk about heavy duty. That's heavy duty. But do you know God is raising up people to do the same thing now? They're going to be mocked a little bit. That's okay. You better hear what the Spirit of God is saying through the prophets. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, 
and did not let any of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was proven to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again, to, uh, appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord uh, revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Now, I want to go here and just, I'm, I'm going to leave the rest of it there for time's sake. But you go into chapter 4, and you're going to find out that the Philistines came up and fought with Israel. When they fought with Israel, they had, I think it was 5,000 men of Israel were beaten. They killed, slew 5,000 of them. They went before and said, we must get the Ark of the Covenant. So guess who the clowns were that brought the Ark of the Covenant? It was Eli's two corrupt sons. And they took it into battle, and the Philistines slew them and stole, took captive the Ark of the Covenant. The word came back to Eli. Eli was a, in his 90s. His eyes were dim, and he was a rather large man. In other words, he was fat. He's sitting on the bench, and he asked, what is the report? Because he couldn't see the guy. He said, give me the report. And he, he told him, he said, we have been beaten, and your two sons are, are dead. And they took the Ark of the Covenant. At that moment, when he heard the sound that they took the Ark of the Covenant or the presence of the Lord from Israel, he fell off his bench backwards and broke his neck. Now listen carefully to this. At the same time, a word came to his daughter-in-law from one of the sons that were killed. She was pregnant. And she'd heard that Israel had been defeated. They took the Ark of the Covenant. Her, her husband is dead. And now Eli, her father-in-law, is dead. And she went into labor pains. She went into labor pains, and she dies. She's fixing to die in, in birthing this child. She was so grieved that she named the child Ichabod. And Ichabod means the glory of God has departed from Israel. I want to make a, I'm going to make a prediction right here. And you can take it as prophecy but the glory of God is going to depart churches. It's already begun because the leadership is corrupt. They would rather appease and have security for their position than they would to honor God by telling the people the truth. And you're going to see a dividing of states. Now, I don't mean there's the, the union is going to be split. 
but there is a shifting in states. There are states that are going to honor God, and there are states that are not going to honor God. They're forming right now. When the Supreme Court overturns Roe versus Wade, it's going to be up to the states on who's going to save babies and who's going to kill them. And God takes that stuff seriously. Because we're not animals. Now listen very carefully. I love you and I keep making this statement and I'm not. Jesus help me to make this statement. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I've had pets, but pets are not your family. Your family is your offspring. It's amazing. People will call their dog their family, but will abort the baby. You say, Pastor Ronnie, I, I came to church to hear something I want to be excited about. We're going to get there. Because there is a flip side to this. There is a flip side. But I can't tell you the flip side if I don't give you the caution side up front. Because you can't play with this. It's like playing with fire. Fire can be a blessing, but fire can also burn you if you're careless. The fire of God is returning. It will purify those things that are precious, and it will burn up those things that are not. The decision is ours. God doesn't decide who. We decide. And God proves it. We say we want the power of God, the glory of God. We want God to honor our prayers. Then guess what? Then you better get God with you when you vote. Because if you don't, God says you've dishonored me in the voting booth. Because you dishonored me in the voting booth, I'm, I'm going to lightly esteem what you asked me in prayer. You think I'm kidding about that, but I'm not. Say, that, that's too hard, Pastor. My eyes just too hard. No, it's not. It's the truth. You've got to be consistent. Either you honor God or you don't. Choice is yours. I'm not making you do anything. Father, I thank you right now that you're talking to us. Help us to take seriously what you're dealing with the church about. Times are at hand, and the time is short. Father, if there's any of us in the sound of my voice, including me, that we've got some area that we dishonored you, we want to repent. We don't want just repentance from that attitude of, well, I got caught. No, we want to change. A total transformation to honor you in everything we do. Honor you at work. Honor you with our checkbooks. Honor you with our TVs. Honor you 
in what we hear, what we say. We want to honor you. For we're, we're the clay and you're the potter. We didn't create ourselves. You put us here. We weren't an accident in your sight. We were planned in purpose from the foundation of the world. We were created in the image and likeness of you. God, forgive us for being fools and believing the lies of the devil. Jesus, our life is hid with you. We're not our own, we're bought with a price. We want you in everything that we do and say. There's not a person here, Father, that doesn't have something that you're dealing with us about. Correcting us because you love us. Changing our direction. Lord, you want to do something in this country. But in order to do something in this country, you have to do something in your people. When we gather together, this is not entertainment. It's not a game. This is something, Father, you want us to bring honor to you. In doing so, we embrace the grace. This is holy, reverential respect. We can't dishonor your word and have grace in our lives. Lord, help us to take these moments and truly do an inward search. To where we examine ourselves. You told us to do so when we have communion. And this is a form of communion. We don't want to bring dishonor to the cross of Jesus by being friends with this worldly system. We're here to bring them to you, not to conform to them. We're not here to pursue fads. We're here to live your word. 
before a generation that is lost and in darkness. Father, as we honor you, the light of your glorious gospel will shine through us. Not in a mean way, but in a loving, truthful way to our generation. Lord, I thank you for everyone that's here today. I thank you for everyone that's viewing by live stream. And we don't push off these moments. We don't use it as a time where we just, okay, service is over now, let's go and do other things. No, Lord, help us to take a deep-rooted stock of everything in our lives. Help us to inventory, Holy Spirit, and disregard things that you disregard and honor those things that you honor. That's the only hope of our generation. That's the only hope for ourselves and that's the only hope for our families. Give us the courage to follow you with all of our hearts and not to lean to our own understanding. To always acknowledge you so you can direct our paths. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our leader and our guide into all truth. We give you the praise and the thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, as we leave this place, we thank you that your grace would surround us like a shield. Follow us everywhere we go. That you have given your angels charge over us, our families, our properties, and our goods. That we hear your voice and the voice of another we won't follow. We're not going to follow somewhere else because you've given your angels charge over us, Father. Thank you for the name of Jesus that's above every name that you've given us to use and invoke, and we invoke it right now, declare that there will be no tragedy named among us. Lord, fill us so full of your love. Help it not to be superficial, but sincere love to flow through us into our everyday lives and every person we come in contact with. Lord, we give you the praise and the thanksgiving. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand up with me, please. Just, you can stand right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to find three people. I want you to tell them, we all needed that. Thank you for joining us today. I'd like to say thank you for all those who give and support this ministry. I pray that you've been blessed and challenged by the podcast today. 
For more information on how to give, you can visit omegachurch.com forward slash give. Thank you for believing in our mission.